This is a production of KMMedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Today we get to feature a fabulous young lady who like me, is out to eliminate hate, division, and fear from all aspects of our lives and everything that we do. And she is an author. She is a podcaster of note. Um, She's got, she's the queen of something called Nuggets of Hope, which we're going to talk about. And uh, she's she's a great young lady. And I believe she's in Pennsylvania today, and her name is Kang, Kim Langling. And Kim, how are you today? And how is Eric as well? Is it, Can everybody hear me okay? We hear you just fine, Kevin. Good afternoon. Happy Friday to you both. Good afternoon. By the way, Eric, I'd like to thank you because on one of the rare times that I can't do the show live, I was listening in. Um, and I believe it was on Kixie and we, you had a guest on from one of my previous shows and her name was Kim Langling and it was just a terrific show that you, that you picked to air. And I want to thank you for that. Hey, we try and keep it positive on the show and on Kixie. So, uh, yeah, it was a great choice. Awesome. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll, we'll probably replay this one again in the future. Yes, we love what you do. We love the person that you are, and it really is a lot of fun. But first, uh, Eric, I'm told that it's sunny outside. Is the weekend going to be sunny? Absolutely. Sunny, beautiful, clear, kind of cold, though. We're talking temperatures in the 50s. So, uh, yeah, bundle up. Bundle up. And now uh, we got a... uh, um, a ice thing or a frost uh, uh, warning is it is it getting into the 30s at night? That's right. Yeah, yeah, going to be dipping down into the mid 30s the, the next few days. So Ooh. get ready for some chilly temperatures. It's <laughs> winter is around the corner. But the good news is Halloween. It looks like it's going to be getting nice and dry. Temperatures around 54. So uh, you know, not too shabby for all the trick or treaters. We went to a Halloween for years and years, and it always seemed to rain. So now my kids are in their 30s, and so they don't go trick-or-treating anymore. <laughs> well, maybe this is the year to get back into it. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> apparently so. Again, thank you, Eric, for, for um, running that episode with Kim. It was phenomenal. I was glued to it. And uh, you can go to uh, positivetalkradio.net. And you can listen to that, or you can go to uh, to YouTube, Positive Talk Radio, and watch it, uh, that particular episode, as well as this one, which is airing right now. So, uh, Eric, thank you very much. And just just as a as a an aside, um, you can listen to Positive Talk Radio on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on KKNW and Kixie at three o'clock. 
on Friday afternoon to, to cap off the stellar week that we all have. And uh, you can always listen to Positive Talk Radio Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific from 3 to 4. So we do a bunch of these shows. I can't help myself. And guess what? I get to be the guest on Manson Mitchell tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. So if you've always wondered what it is that I do in my spare time, tomorrow they're going to ask me that stuff. And so I, I can actually tell you how I got to be, be doing what I'm doing today. Uh, so that'll, that'll be fun for tomorrow. Great show. Have a great time. Uh, thank you, Eric, and you as well. And Kim, can you hear me okay, darling? I can hear you. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I can hear you just fine, just fine. Is I got to tell you, there are there are shows that I do and people that I get to meet that I just am, uh, I really am taken with. Uh, they're working to do great things in the world, and and that's you, my friend. Um, did you, did you always? want to do great things and or did you have an epiphany at one point or another you know i always that what a great question kevin that's a great question and no one's ever asked me that before that's really um i remember very clearly when i was younger say in high school so i was a teenager always sticking up for those who didn't really have a voice or couldn't find their voice. Um, and as a teenager, you don't really have the wisdom behind you on how to do that in the right way. So I always ended up getting in a lot of trouble because <laughs> I had a mouth on me, Kevin. <laughs> I had a mouth on me. And um, you use it well. But I always, I always was, I was always sticking up for those who were being bullied or, um, so I think maybe it may have started there. It's just something that's, you know, grown over time. And now, of course, I've reached a season in my life where hopefully I've got some and gained some wisdom. So now I can, you know, temper my my temper and uh, use my words a little wise, more wisely now to, uh, you know, promote kindness. Uh, so I think it may have started back then. I, You know, that's what a great question. Yeah threw me right back to being a teenager and getting in school suspension. (laughs) (laughs) And you got into school suspension because you were trying to protect kids that didn't know how to protect themselves from. Yes. And I had a mouth on me. So when the principal said, you know, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean? What am I doing? What are, why aren't you stopping him from doing that? That's your job. And then he's like in my office, (laughs) And then my mom came in and she's like, what did you do now, Kimberly? <laughs> <laughs> now, did you, when that was, was happening, did it dawn on you that you were ahead of your time? No. You know what it felt like? That I was never listened to. Ah. I was never heard. That's, uh, yeah, I had a conversation about this with my mom not too long ago. So, you know, she's 80 and I'm in my mid fifties and I don't know why this all came up. She asked me why I always felt I had to be so vocal when I was a teenager. And I said, no one ever listened, mom. No one ever listened. And I didn't know how to go about doing it any other way 
than how I was. Now, my mom was a single mom raising four kids and working two and three jobs. She didn't have time to guide us as much as she would have liked. And I'm not putting anything against that. She worked her tail off to raise us. And I have nothing but respect, nothing but respect. Because looking back now from, you know, where I'm at now in my life and I look back, what a tough road she had. What a tough road she had. And um, yeah, tough road. But, you know, she'd asked me why I was so vocal. I had, here's something. I had a friend that one of my, she was my best friend and she tried to commit suicide. Well, I'm sorry. And um, she did not succeed, but her mother blamed me. And I never understood that. And I confronted her mom and said, <laughs> I won't use the words I use, but in a different way, I said, if she wasn't so unhappy at home and the way that you always knock her around and put her down, maybe she'd want to live. But this woman blamed me and I went to my mom and I went to my school counselor pleading for help. And they said, that's a family issue. We can't get into that. And so that was like a, a, it happened several times because I was always, no one else ever jumped in. No one else ever opened up their mouth. And I never understood that. As a teenager, I didn't know how to do it. But the adults, you know how they always tell you, if there's an issue, if you see something wrong or something bad happen, go to an adult. Well, I did over and over again and no one ever did anything. But at the same time, what they were doing is saying, Oh no, we can't. That's somebody else's issue. We can't get involved with that. And, right. and we're not going to interfere. That's their family. We're not, we can't. And I'm thinking, then why are why do you raise us and teach us to go to an adult? If we see something that's wrong being done, but when we do go to an adult, nothing happens. And my, it, literally, we just had this conversation, my mom and I, and she kept saying, Kimmy, I did the best I could. She goes, no, I could not interfere in their family. She goes, but I opened my door. Our house was open to her whenever she needed to come here and stay, whether it was in the morning or the middle of the night. I said, you're right. You're right. And she goes, that's what I could do. I opened my house to her. And she did. She did because she came to my house over and over and over again, running away from the abuse that she was experiencing. And um, it's just that, I think, all of that, that ball of blah, brought me to where I am today, where it's like, you know, I want to be a nugget of hope. I don't want anybody else, even someone like me who sees something and you're like, oh my gosh that's so wrong and we need to fix it and that shouldn't be happening, but I'm just a kid and no one's freaking listening to me. I want someone out there to be able to say, to know that Kim Langling, I'll listen and I will hear you. If that's that so a way that I could be a nugget of hope to someone then, and that's why I tell people all the time. I'm like, I hear you. I see you and I hear you. Because it's awful when no one sees you and no one hears you. Especially when you have the be your best friend 
who is so desperate that they commit suicide because they are attempt suicide because they don't want to be here anymore because they don't she was having the same problem you were nobody was listening to her either yeah except for me and yeah you know well, and you're 15 or 16 year old kid i had no power you know what i mean there's there was nothing i was there I was there for her in, in the best way that I knew how to do at that time in my life and with the wisdom and experience I had, which was very little when you're 15 or 16, you know. But you have a heart of gold. Where did that come from? Is it because of those experiences, do you think? Or do you think the, I see, I tend to think that you were born with it. I think I was probably born with it. And um, yeah, I think I was born with it and we're placed in situations uh, to hone that, mm -hmm. I guess. You can't be good at something unless you, you've struggled with some of it yourself. I, that's my personal opinion. Um, and you have you to go through struggles yourself in order to turn those around and help others that are struggling. Without the experience of struggling yourself, you not only don't have any credibility, but you also don't have the experience to be able to say, listen, I've been there. I understand. Right. And, and, and it, it, I had a conversation uh, earlier today that was like, uh, love is not even necessarily talking. Love can be just holding somebody's hand and letting them tell you what's on their heart and you don't right. have to say anything right and many times yeah many times that's why i tell people there's over the years many times especially with veterans because I, I i'm very involved in the veteran community i i will tell them like i said earlier i i hear you i see you and i hear you and sometimes that's all you need to say is to let them know, acknowledge that you see them, acknowledge that you hear them. And some, you never know, that might be the one thing, that one little nugget that turns it around. Absolutely. By the way, would you do me a favor? Sure. Next time you talk to your 80 year old mom, uh, tell her, thank you from me. I know how hard it was to be a single parent and raising four kids 40 years ago. It was hard. And yeah, she had different to work. time, small yeah. town America. Hoo-wee. She had to work. She probably worked in restaurants. She probably worked in uh, um, um, housekeeping. And she did a lot of really physical hard work and uh to keep the four of you going and and she should be extraordinarily proud of the woman that you have become that is you know it's interesting how often do you have those conversations with your parents you know and i it takes me to my in my mid-50s to have this deep conversation with my mom and uh i had i had said mom i don't know how you did it with four kids and she goes i don't know how i did it either she goes but you know what all four of you turned out pretty damn good Yes, indeed. And that was that was her words. And uh, we both got a little teary eyed at that. <laughs> got a little got a little emotional there. Um, and my mom does not like to get emotional. So it was very it was 
it was interesting that we had that conversation at all because that was a pretty heavy conversation. Well, and when you're, she doesn't when you're... typically get into those and doesn't care for them. <laughs> and no. we we're finally, finally able to do that, you know, and it's like, well, so, you know, it's all, all in the timing that it was meant to be. So, well, when she is the mother and the father and, and she is not allowed to be able to say, no, I ain't gonna, I'm going to go on vacation and the heck with what's going on. You, you take that hard stance of, I will do what I have to do to get this done and to turn around and then be emotional and, and to open your heart. That takes, that takes number one, takes a lot of courage and sometimes very hard. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You have, it's hard to, I know my struggles and what I've went through and how I think, Oh, why does my mother never understand me? Or this person's never going to get me. But now that I, I had this chat with my mom and you, you nailed it, just as you said, was, you know, 40 years ago, she had to flick that switch to either, you know, should, can I be the, the very maternal caring mom or am I the one that's got to work my tail off to keep a roof over our heads? And she had to choose. Yeah. And, you know, looking at that now, that's when I think where I'm standing at now in my life, I'm like, holy cow. I get that part from her, being able to flick that switch. <laughs> That's just a little epiphany right now, Kevin. You just brought that to light for me. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I got that from my mom. <laughs> and, and you're more than welcome. And the, the, the cool thing about it is, you know, you've been on Positive Talk Radio, I don't know, three, four, five times. And every time you come on, it's different. We it is. A, we go a different direction every time. Yeah. And all of it is based in the in the love and caring that you have for all humanity and especially those that can't get through it themselves, like like in the VA with the veterans um that that you work with. And we're gonna get into that in a little bit because I I don't think that you're celebrated enough. For all the things that you do, the Nuggets of Hope, Let Fear Bounce podcast, the books you've written, and all the things that you do, and uh, you're very and and Dexter, your office manager, is right there beside you all the time. Yes, he is. And Dexter, by the way, folks, is my dog, <laughs> <laughs> but he is my office manager. Yes, he tells me when it's time to take a break. Tells me when it's time to go for a walk tells me when it's time for a treat so you know he's pretty smart he's pretty smart actually <laughs> yes indeed and and it's it's so it's it's great to talk to you and and i just i just love the conversations that we have let's talk about uh something that's really relevant right now and that's you've got a brand new book out i do i do and it's called paw prints on the couch that's available on Amazon. And for the first month, it was a number one top new release. And that was Ooh. so exciting. But it's called Paw Prints on the Couch. And it is, it's kind of like a chicken soup for the soul. Kind of. Uh-huh. And um, so there's 10 different, there's 10 co-authors in there, including myself. 
and they're they're all sharing stories, just short stories. They're quick, short reads, probably a five to ten minute read per story. And it's all stories about rescue animals and how they came into their humans' lives and how they changed their lives for the better, you know, that the love and just how they enrich and fill, you know, fill your heart having those those uh the fur babies, their sweet sweet souls come into your life and how how just how much good they bring into it and uh it, the i've had the feedback i've had from the people who have read the book and some of the reviews that i've received they every one of them has said you know you're going to smile and you're going to enjoy these stories but you, you're also going to want to make sure you have kleenex handy because <laughs> <laughs> animals lives are short and you do have to say goodbye before you really want to um and you have to share that part of it too, you know, because that's just the way it goes. But I think, I don't know, I think animals are here for exactly as long as they're supposed to be because their hearts are so, there's nothing that, there's nothing they need to work upon on themselves. They're here, I feel, they're here to enrich our lives. God put them in our lives for a reason. And they don't need to be here any longer than they are because they do their job so well. It's us humans that are flawed. <laughs> and that is so, that is so true. And and I've had a couple of dogs. I've always had dogs. Love dogs. And um, but I've gotten to the point now where the the end times are so hard. Um, well, I'll give you an example. My uh, father, who I love dearly, passed away in January. Um, of 2004 i think 2005 one of the two and uh my best friend in the world his name is crockett uh, he was eight years old and he got cancer and i had to put him down um i was very sad when my dad died i cried like a baby when my dog died because it is so it they depend upon you for so much and they give you so much in return uh, he was the only one, <laughs> Crocker was the only one in my house that every time I came home, he was happy to see me. <laughs> They're awesome. They're awesome. Yeah. They are just, they spend their entire life waiting for you. So you go to the store, they it feels to them, it feels like you're gone forever. You go to work for eight hours, eight or nine hours a day and they're home by themselves. They wait on you. They spend their whole life waiting on you and they do it just because they love you and they get so excited and they just, you know, explode when they see you, you know, they're, you know, Dexter, his whole body starts wet and he's a big dog, his tail wags, but his whole body goes from his head to his tail, you know, just gets so excited. When I come back, I'll be gone for 20 minutes and I come back. He always grabs a toy and he jumps into, it's my dining room window that that faces the door as I'm walking in from the garage and he will be in that window with the toy in his mouth and his whole, his whole body just going back and forth. Cause he's so excited. And I'm like, sweetie, I was gone 15 minutes, you know, but to them it's forever, but they, they live to please and love you. I just, that's just so perfect. That's, that's, that's all they do. And, uh, I, I was traveling at the time, so I would be gone two or three or four days. Oh and, yeah when i came home and and my wife was there and the kids were there and 
but but when I would come home, Crockett was like, "Oh my God, he's not dead! He came yeah. back! Oh Lord, I'm so happy!" <laughs> and and it was, you know, <laughs> I I wish my my wife would say, "Well, I, can you mow the lawn tomorrow?" And my dog would still be happy. So I was much happier to see my dog than that. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, okay, I have a question. When you were gone, because I used to have to travel too for my when I worked outside the home, I did have to travel, and my dog would go into a kennel. And so, um, you know, like doggy daycare or, you know, we called it the spa. You're going to the spa for a week. Um, so when I would pick him up, he'd be like crazy, crazy excited. But then within like 10 minutes, he'd realize, wait a minute, you left me. And he would walk into the other room and face the corner and ignore me for like the entire first day I was home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to tell this story. Now I have to tell this story. Okay, share. Um, I'm ready. <laughs> when my family, my my for my 50th, my folks' 50th anniversary, they took the entire family, my sister and her kids, my kids and my wife and me, uh, to Hawaii for for two weeks. And now the Crockett had never been in a kennel before, um, but he had, and nobody else could take him, so he went to a kennel for two weeks. So we got home, we went to get him. He sat on my wife's lap in the front of the car, in the van that we had, and he would not look at me. <laughs> he, he was he sick. Said, he was so mad. He was like, look, I get it. You're the alpha male, so you're the one who did this. Nobody else is responsible. This is you. I'm not going to even look at you. And so I would, I would call his name, and he would move his head farther to the other way. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to look at you. I'm not going to smile. I'm not going to, I'm not going to wag yeah. my tail. It's you. You did this to me for two weeks. I wouldn't even get the side eye. Yeah. He just <laughs> would turn his head completely away from me. And I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, look, you got a little attitude going on. <laughs> and and that, that's how I know that they are. They're, they're precious and they've got souls and, and they've, and they've got wonderful personalities. And as a matter of fact, do you know who John Edward is? I think we've talked about him before, but remind me. He's a psychic medium. Yes. Uh, you have mentioned Adam, him. Yep. And he told me that my dog Crockett is with my dad on the other side and they are patiently waiting for me to show up. Um, and, and I believe that a hundred percent. And if you listen to him and others talk, they do, they are on the other side and they do wait for us to be reunited because there's a connection there that, that supersedes just about anything I can think of. Well, and what a, what a cool visual too, you know, what a cool thing that you can carry with you. Yes. Yeah. It, Pretty it's, awesome. Yes, indeed, it really is. So, so you've written you've written the book, and it's doing really well. And it is; it's doing pretty good. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> well, it's got a great name to it. Uh, Paw prints on the couch, right? Yeah, paw prints on the couch, and I'm I'm considering doing another one, uh, maybe next year, mid to late next year, maybe. Um, and I'm going to call that one paw prints on the kitchen floor. <laughs> I think that would that would be great fun and everybody loves uh talking about their dogs and and those, those stories and and things like that but but kim you are so much more than that uh we need to take a break and but when we come back we're going to touch on 
because we've talked about it a lot before, but we're going to touch on your work with the VA. We're going to touch on Nuggets of Hope um, and your podcast and everything that you're doing to make our world a better place for all of us. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio right here on KIXI 880 AM. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you need to boost your sales? Join our partnership program. Each quarter, we promote 10 partner businesses. What will you get? The company will produce one 30-second video for your business. Your website links on positivetalkradio.net and kmmedia.pro. One dedicated podcast or radio show per month. One video Instagram reel. One YouTube short. One 60-second clip for social media taken from your interview. And at least one commercial airplay per show. All podcasts and video commercials are within the fabric of the show and will remain in the show forever. Visit kmmedia.pro to book a consultation today. When you want to say more than words, communicate. You can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. For being our appreciated listener, you can use promo code PTR20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. We believe in the power of telling your stories. We want to help yours be seen and heard. At the Pacific Northwest Collaborative Magazine, our purpose is to connect you to your community. Let's begin by celebrating the accomplishments of local artists featured in this brand new digital magazine. Here, you can learn about opportunities to creatively come together and support our local community and neighbors through the gift of art and service. If your business or organization would like to take part in this magazine, message us on Instagram at pnw.collab. You can download our free digital magazine at KM Media Pro today. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. And welcome back, everybody, to Positive Talk Radio. I hope you're having as good a time as I am because I get to talk to Kim Lingling, and she is an extraordinary human being, and she does so much. And every episode that we've done so far, I can make her cry at one point or another. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, because she does so much for humanity and and. The reason that you are so special to me is that you do so much and you ask for nothing in return. It's not a matter of, I, I'll give you this if you give me that. It's a matter of, I know that you need this and so here you go. It's, it's like in the small community that you're in, you're now known as the Nugget Lady. Uh, the troop lady and the nugget lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about uh, nuggets of hope real quick. Nuggets of hope. Oh, I know I've shared it several times. Um, oh, oh, my goodness, Kevin, this just happened today. 
I'm going to share this part of it. Nuggets of Hope, very briefly, a couple years ago, I started literally handing out polished stones with the word hope on them. Um, and I would approach people that I felt nudged to approach. And and I, I have a very strong faith and I feel that that's God nudging me, you know, like this person needs this today. And so I've been doing that for a couple of years and it started out just tucking cards, like with affirmations on like, you're a rock star and you're awesome, you know, and the world's a better place because you're in it. And I would tuck those around in stores when I was out running errands. But then it was like, I had to keep, I had to, I felt very strongly. I was supposed to do something a little bit different, but I was supposed to personally approach people. And so I just approach people with my little nugget of hope and just say, excuse me, ma'am, or excuse me, sir. I would like to give you a nugget of hope today. And without fail, every person I've approached in the last two years has opened up their hand and I put that little nugget in their hand and they accept it. And I've had a wide range of reactions, which is tears, laughter, hugs, you know, many thank yous. And a couple people look at me like, who are you crazy woman? <laughs> you know, why, why are you trying to give me a stone? And then I had one person um, yell at me. In, in anger. And I didn't take it personally because I knew that that anger and that frustration was not directed to me as a person. It was just where that gentleman, an older gentleman, was at in his point in life. Did I know him? No. Will I ever see him again? Probably not. But I think I, I strongly know, I feel that I did what I was supposed to do by giving him that nugget of hope. So I've been doing that for a couple of years and I carry these little stones with me everywhere I go. And I have them like, you know, in that little section, like cup holder thing in your car, you know, in the middle console thing, I keep a couple there or I have one in my coat pocket, you know, whatever. But today, this is so exciting. <laughs> today, now I was a guest on a local cable television show uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, me and Dexter, actually. Dexter and I were a guest on this show, and the show is called My Dog and Me. And it happens to be my neighbor who is the host of this show. And it's on your local, or here, just in our area, this local cable network show, you know, so it's just Meadville and, uh, or wherever their network is shown, but it's not mass, it's not international, or not national, you know, it's just local cable. And I had jokingly, said to the camera to the camera guy not knowing he was also a producer jokingly after that show said my goodness because we both know the host and we all we, we have kind of this banter that goes back and forth kind of sarcastic sarcastic banter you know sure. and so we were joking around with her her name is sue and um i said you're letting her have a show i go i've got something even better called nuggets of hope now i think that should be a show and he said, tell me more. And I went, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was so articulate. <laughs> you know? But uh, he goes, here's my card. Send me an email of your idea. And I got home. And I was I was laughing. You, you know, that kind of like nervous laughter that you get. And I'm like, I just pulled that right out of my pants. <laughs> And tossed it at him just, you know, as a joke, because we were messing with Sue. And he called, he, I got an email from him today and he said, give me a call. So I called him and he said, love the idea of this show. Let's do it. 
And wow. I went, what? And he goes, how often do you want to do it? And I said, well, it's your, your network, your, you know, and he goes, and I said, well, who, who does all of it? He goes, I'm the producer. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and he said, how about we try it out twice a month, half hour shows twice a month. And I said, okay. And he goes, do you have a place that we can record? And do you have guests? And I went, <laughs> I just said, yes. <laughs> Yes, I do. And I said it with confidence. And now I have to work on that, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a place to do it at, which is which is really cool. This a really beautiful. Another woman that's just she's going to be one of my first guests. But I mean, I did. That was something that I just literally just pulled out of the air and threw it at him. And then two weeks later. It's so this show is going to be um, beginning in January. I'm going to have a twice monthly half hour show on our local cable television network called Nuggets of Hope. Oh, Kim, that is, I would just like to point out to everyone that when you are doing good things in the world, those things just happen. Um, they're organic. It's just kind of the way it is because the powers that be, the folks on the other side, call them what you will. They're interested in the betterment of mankind. And so they're providing you with that opportunity. By the way, if you need somebody to come on your uh, television show, I'd can be you, Can you fly? Can you come over here in person? <laughs> it's no. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like we are literally on the opposite end of the country from each other. By the way, hi, Seattle from Pennsylvania. <laughs> from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Pennsylvania. That's what my dad used to say. Pennsylvania. <laughs> By the way, I wanted to be, I, and I said this before, and I believe it firmly. Even the gentleman that you gave the nugget of hope to that was angry, this is what I think happened. He went home, he put it in his pocket, forgot about it, went home, and as older folks will do, they take the change out of their pocket and they put it on their dresser and, and that kind of thing. Well, out comes the nugget of hope with everything else. And um, it was sat there on his dresser all night long. When he put his pants on the next day and was going to go out, he took that nugget of hope and put it in his pocket. Because overnight, he recognized how important that was and how heartfelt it was for you to give it to him. And he felt compelled to do that. I'm absolutely positive that that's how it played out. I, I strongly feel that, yeah, he didn't see it for what it was at the time. But yeah, later that day or maybe the next day, you know, like you said. And I picture, you know, the, the you walk in and you've got, you know, in your vestibule or your hallway and you've got that little stand with the bowl. Yeah. My, my grandfather always dumped his car keys and change in this bowl. Yep. And that's what I picture in my head because this gentleman was old. He wasn't, he was definitely in his mid to late eighties. He was definitely an older gentleman. Um, and you and I have talked about it before. We, you know, no idea what his life was at that moment. He could have just been recovering from being incredibly ill. Maybe he just got a terminal diagnosis of something. Maybe, maybe he was caring for his wife who has Alzheimer's. And if anyone's ever had to deal with that, it's, it's, it's a nightmare and it's so hard and heartbreaking to go through and very, very difficult. 
So, you know, you, you never know what is going on behind the mask that people wear every day when they leave their house. You never know the battles that are being fought that you will never see because you don't see the scars. They're invisible, but yes. they're still there. They are indeed, which leads us. What a segue this is because it leads us to what else you do, which I think is just phenomenal because you work with your local VA. You, you go to the, um, to the lodge as it were, and you work with predominantly Vietnam vets, but you guys do something that I'd never heard of before, which is you send care packages to kids that are overseas in and to, being to military. To military military to military kids that are overseas that are active duty uh, tell us about how you got into that what that's all about we are in our 23rd year of doing that um really makes me feel old sometimes 23rd year uh we have been sending packages um every month every single month and I sat down a few years ago, just thinking, gosh, you know, that's a lot of boxes that we sent. And it's been in the hundreds of thousands for 23 years, sending boxes every single month. And we started in 1998 and then 9-11 happened. And it really, really ramped, it exploded from there. And everything we do is by donations. We send, you know, boxes, uh, those flat rate boxes. So they're bigger than a shoe box. It's the square ones. And I don't know the size of it, but you can fit some, you can fit, you know, nice amount of stuff in. And so we, everything we send is, is donated for 23 years. We, because we're a veteran post, we're a nonprofit and the monies that we receive, we help our local veterans here in our area where we live very quietly. We do it very quietly in the back end. Um, so the project support our troops sending the boxes every month that's all by donations from the air from the people organizations individuals companies businesses all different kinds of things um so for to be able to do that for and that also includes postage and that's it's wow. about 24 dollars a box to send and when you send hundreds of boxes a month add that up that's a lot of money add that up after 23 years <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars if not more and all done by donations so that says a lot about the community that i personally live in and the communities that surround us we're very rural here and i don't know how it is in big cities because i don't live in one and i never have but i know where i live at you know your neighbor you get to know people over the years, especially like, that's why I'm known as the troop lady. Cause we have a weekly radio show on the local radio st classic rock station that I'm on Friday mornings. It's like a 15 minute show. And we talk about what we're doing with project support our troops and other veteran related stuff. It's all about veterans. And uh, that's just something I volunteer my time to do every Friday morning. And so I'm known as the troop lady after 23 years of doing this. And People don't recognize my face, but they'll recognize my voice. And I'm sure that you get this too, Kevin, but I was in Walmart several times and I'll just be talking to the cashier or cause I talk to everybody. Everybody becomes my friend. Yeah. I just chit chat with everybody. 
and at one point some guy said hey aren't aren't you the troop lady on the radio and i turned around and there's this old gentleman behind me and i said well yes i am he goes voices for vets right and i said yeah and i go friday mornings 8 35 a.m he goes it's you it's you <laughs> so that's how i got to be known as troop lady but um that's what we do we ask in that boxes every month it's all done by donations and how incredibly blessed we are to be able to do that for so many years, all by donations, all of it. You know, it's interesting. I was talking with a gentleman that was, he's a, he's a um, journalist and he was embedded with some of the army troops that went into Iraq. First of all, there were half a million of our troops were there at one point. And he was telling me that in a lot of cases, when they were going from, here there to there from here to there they would dig a hole and that's where they would sleep and they had right. no tents and they had and and so to get something like that from home from somebody who you've never met that would be outstanding in fact you've had people come to your place from after they get done with their deployment to tell you and there probably wasn't a dry eye in the house when this happened to tell you how important that was for them and their sanity as they were yeah. facing all of this we've stuff. had we've had a few over the years um especially that first eight to ten um it's pretty intense and patriotism was very high at that time if you recall I do not quite so much anymore, but at that time it was, and we had several over the years that didn't even live in Pennsylvania. <laughs> they <laughs> One were was from Arkansas, home. as I recall, right? Excuse me. One was from Arkansas, as I recall. Yes, there was one gentleman from Arkansas, and uh, he met us at our local market house where I live at. Myself and Lori, she's my my cohort. Uh, her and I do pro run projects, support our troops, and her husband, Phil, who's a combat Vietnam vet. And this gentleman met us there, and we had coffee, and we're sitting outside of the picnic table at this market house. And uh, gosh dang it, Kevin. <laughs> I knew I'd get you. <laughs> it's so, it's so humbling. Because we... We put stuff in a box and sent to this guy and he was over people. So he shared all his stuff with his unit and uh, we in turn send other boxes to his unit. So, you know, he can hand them out. And he is one of the ones who said, you guys kept us sane and you are, our, you were our angels. You kept us sane. You reminded us that there was a world out there and uh he he gave us challenge coins and i don't know if a lot of you folks listening maybe you don't know what it is if you don't have anybody that's ever been in the military or you but a challenge coin is something that's typically like uh that's a unit thing in 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 actually all branches of the service so there might be coins made for those units of when they were deployed and where and they each of the people that are in the unit have one they get one and that's very meaningful and special to those guys guys and girls and for them to give theirs up and give it to you that's really quite a big deal 
And this gentleman brought one for both Lori and myself. And we knew how much that meant. It was so humbling, Kevin. It was so humbling. And he made a side trip to Pennsylvania on his way home to Arkansas. <laughs> and he was in his 40s, so considered an old man. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And he had quite a few people under him. And he uh, he said that that was probably his, his toughest deployment. Um, and he shared way more than what we ever anticipated him sharing. And at one point he apologized for some of the stuff he was saying. And we said, don't apologize. We see you and we hear you. No judgment here. No judgment. We just listened. We just listened. And he did say, and I can't remember his exact words, but he said, I can't go home and share this with my wife. No. And that was all he said. You know, that was it. And we understood. You know, pretty heavy. It was pretty heavy. And that was just one. <laughs> that was just one. Had a, oh, several. We could talk for hours about the people that we've kept in touch with or one of a dear, dear friend of mine. Oh my goodness. He literally lives like a mile and a half from me. He was deployed uh, for, I think, 16, 16 months. And of course, you know, I put his name on the list. And so we're sending him boxes and stuff. And one year, someone donated a whole bunch of little teddy bears. And for, and they all had t-shirts on, like one had a Marine shirt and one said Air Force and one said Army, you know, and we had a whole bunch of, and so if we could find out which branch of service they were in, we sent them teddy bears. Well, I knew this, this, my friend was in the Army, so sent him an Army teddy bear. And he was deployed 16, 18 months, something like that. And when he came home, he came to my door because he just lives a mile and a half away. He came to my door with that teddy bear in his hand. And he said, you have no idea what this meant to me when I opened up this box and saw this teddy bear. It never left my side. It never left my side the whole time I was there. And I made a point to make sure it did not get left behind. And it's still to this day, and this was years ago. Um, it was the first five years we were doing it and we're in our 23rd year. And to this day, he has it on his mantle at his house. It means more to him than you'll ever know. I know. I know. And uh, you, you just don't know, folks. I guess the whole point of my rambling, uh, you just don't know what it is that's going to touch someone so deeply and so profoundly that keeps them going. I have no idea what he went through over there, and I'll never ask. I'm not supposed to ask. I think if they want to share, I'll listen. Um, but I never ask a veteran what they saw, what they did. I never, ever ask because that's a tough one, pretty darn personal. And a lot of people can't talk about it. Um, but if they ever want to, I always say, <laughs> I see you and I hear you. Well, and you know, because you've worked with a lot of Vietnam vets, and that's my era, 
uh, Vietnam. And for those of you that weren't alive then, it's amazing to me how many people were not alive during the Vietnam experience. It was tough. It was tough for those guys. There were half a million guys that were over there and, and 56,000 of them never returned. Hundreds of thousands were wounded. Um, and it was an, it was a dark experience. They would come home and people would be less than kind as they, as they came That's home. putting it, that's putting it nicely. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't want to say they were getting spit on and they were, but, but I think that, that, that but they were, <laughs> but, yeah, but they were, but I wanted to, and we, sadly, you know, Kim, I could talk to you for hours, <laughs> but, but I want to make sure that everybody understands something. Uh, if you're listening out there and you have it in your heart to give back, it doesn't, you don't have to be rich. Kim and I are sitting here and she is not rich. She's on a fixed income. She's able to live her life, but it's when she gives, it's a heartfelt thing. When she buys the nuggets, they're expensive. It costs her money. She doesn't ask for anything in return. So if you, you don't have to be rich to give. You don't have to be rich to care. If all you do is be kind to other people and say, thank you, that's enough. But please, we live in a society that now, and you were talking about small town versus big town. I live in a big town. Nobody cares. Nobody talks to one another. Nobody knows. You don't know your neighbor's name. Um, it becomes a real lonely experience to be in a large community. You'd think that we would be all together because we're a bunch of people, but we're all doing our own thing and we're not taking care of each other like you do in a small town. But I just, I just want, the reason I love having you on the show is because you're doing everything from your heart, the way that you believe your creator's telling you to do it. And you're doing it without fail, without questioning. You're just doing it. Why do you do this? Because I finally started listening. I was in my own darkness for a very long time, for a very long time. And um, when I came to my faith, I had, I had, I was at rock bottom for me in my life. It was rock bottom. And uh, when I came to my faith, it was as if something opened up and I was able to see things differently. And I didn't look upon the everything. I didn't look upon everything as um, out to get me or evil. I was able to, to, to start seeing the good again, where I hadn't been able to for a very long. I live with PTSD and uh, that has its, its own, its own struggles and stuff, you know, day to day. Um, but back then, back in the day, uh, as I was coming out of that darkness, it was as if I, you know, my eyes were open and I started noticing that there was color. There was color in the world still. And there was goodness in the world. And I could let my guard down. It was okay to do that. It was okay to relax. 
And um, when I was able to do that, now that was a journey, didn't happen overnight. But when I was able to do that, and even on that journey, that bumpy little journey, noticing the little things again, you know, and taking joy, finding joy and finding peace in those little things. Oh my goodness, Kevin, my world changed. Well, my friend, you're going to, you're going to have to come back again and again and again, but I real quick, Kim Langling, that's L E N G L I N G author.com. You can go there and she's got a little coffee cup. Buy her yeah, a cup buy of me coffee. coffee because I buy love you. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> she does. And Kim, thank you so much for being here. You make this world you make my day brighter by your very existence and i want to thank you for that oh thank you i love coming on your show i'll come back anytime thank you and take care everybody and be kind to one another because each other's all we've got we'll see you next time